0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everyone. Welcome to On My Block Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Professor Amon is still away at his uh, professorial ship. That's a new word, but uh, we are lucky—we are very lucky, actually—to have Joey Christopoulos, of the Believe in Bears podcast, host. Big fan of the Chicago Bears. You can find him on Twitter at Joey Sports Guy. Joey, thanks for joining the show, man. I'm excited to talk Bears with you.
1: Mike, it's great to be reunited with you uh, talking football. Um, It is Wednesday when we're recording this. The biggest question is going to be, will I sleep again until this Sunday? <laughs> leaning you know, towards Joey, I now.
0: See, well, listen, this is how we always see if a, if a guy is a real Chicago Bears sports fan. So, Joey, first question, really the most important question. I didn't pop. This is the one I'm just popping on you. This is no pre-recorded stu- or pre-planned. Why was Lance Briggs so much better than Brian Urlacher?
1: <laughs> oh wow oh uh, wow that's a great question um well wh- what's what's the easy answer there what's the complicated answer the first one was uh when you have uh tommy harris in the middle right i guess yep. typically great the answer. opponent's yep. gonna go to the left or the right left to the right on the edges and that's where lance Briggs was there uh, That he was there hunting the football um lance Briggs, incredibly underrated player um Brian Erlecker, you can always put him picking off Aaron Rodgers into the Hall of Fame clips, right? And it looks really, really good. But man, Lance Briggs on a play-to-play basis, um, one of the best Bears players I've ever seen in my lifetime.
0: I couldn't agree more. Man, and I always talk about this. He is maybe the most wildly underrated Bears linebacker of all time. He was he, he hit like a mat truck.
1: Yeah, he he had the Scottie Pippen career. Honestly, you know Brian Urlacher got paid. Briggs kind of didn't, he always had that contract dispute a little bit with the organization. He like left when Mark Trespin became head coach to open up a restaurant. He did a lot of Scotty Pippen esque things, but who would Brian Urlacher be without Lance Briggs?
0: Yeah, so uh, the only thing I would say there, from a player standpoint, like he was not Scotty. Like Scotty Pippen was great, but I, we don't think Lebron Erlacher was like the Michael oh, Jordan. No, I hear you. you. know what I mean? Oh, I hear but, you. But yeah. I will say yeah, this: yeah. like I, I never forget when you, you want to immediately get respect from, uh, from the opposing team. I'll never forget we're in Soldier Field and we look, we look up on the stadium, uh, like the the Jumbotron, and Briggs is up there with his arms crossed and he's got like black sunglasses on. And we're going like, who the hell is this guy, right? Like one of those deals. And then he, I think he, I think he was me. I think he leveled me. Like the next play, I was like, oh wow, this guy's pretty good. So
1: he's that dude. It, yeah, no, the guy, the guy can hit, has sneaky speed, and uh, technician tackler, right? We could talk about a, a couple of different linebackers in this game
0: as well. So the so the Packers. Let me just get into this. The Packers are two and two in opening day games under Matt Lafleur. He's had some great, obviously, some thirteen and three seasons but the last two years 38 to 3 loss to the saints in 2021 last year we got a complete beat embarrassment 23 to 7 at the hands of the Minnesota Vikings the bears on the other hand coming in last year now up and down season the whole deal we got a lot of learning experiences for Justin Fields but you start off the year 19 to 10 victory gets the San Francisco 49ers in that like mud game we're just talking about a slog fest matt eblerfus is coming into this season and one of the things he's kind of putting out there is like listen we actually think we're better than a lot of teams at a lot of positions, and even talking about the Packers, we feel like there's some areas that we're better than them, not just at quarterback. Where do you find that to be true? Being a being a, a guy that's following the Bears a lot closer than we are.
1: Well, let's start with just the week one matchups right now. If I notice correctly, yeah. Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are not on the field today. They're not practicing on a Wednesday. That's not a, a little look. bit of a concern, right? So, so just for right now, and I am going to probably put our wide way. receiver group. And hamstrings, I mean, that at at any moment, right? Any moment injury. Um, So right now, I'm probably going to put our wide receivers maybe a touch above the Green Bay Packers at that position group. But when we're talking about Matt Eberflus, I think what he's really trying to drill into is that we spent significant uh, capital, significant dollars on upgrading the linebacker room after trading Roquan Smith last year. So they have high hopes for Terrell Edmonds. They got high hopes for TJ Edwards. I mean, I I hear you. Those guys are great. Can you explain to me, can
0: you explain to me that whole, I, I understand the thought process, I guess, of getting rid of your best defensive, two best defensive players in the middle of the season if you're not going to win anyways. But then you bring in, in Tremaine Edwards, who's a great player. Is he, is he, you know, is it Ed, Edmonds or Matt Milano on that that Bills defense? They're both excellent. And then TJ Edwards is a great, great player. But Roquan Smith was like, I don't know, top three backer in the league. Like, wh- I don't, we don't get it.
1: I mean a, a couple of things, right? And and you know, and, and you played the game and not only that, but also you dealt with organizations before. Uh, especially when a guy like Ryan Poles comes in, Roquan Smith is not his guy that he drafted. He puts a certain number or a valuation on a player. They begin contract negotiations, Roquan Smith is his own agent, and Roquan Smith wanted a two in front of his number on his annual salary. The Chicago Bears said no. And a year later, what are we doing? We're paying uh we're paying That's what we can't figure out. <laughs> 17 million dollars right i mean so yeah. at the end of the day i i think as a general manager you try and play hardball you try and place these valuations on these players but really it was a bit of a forest beyond the trees situation there Where at the end of the year he looked and he said man i got to fill this position and what did he fill it with he filled it with dollars so I, I i 100% agree with you um roquan smith i mean when we talk about lance briggs when we talk about a brian urlacher in chicago bears history roquan smith was on that path to be yeah, one no of those doubt. guys and is going to come down to $3 million a year. I mean, I guess you can maybe spin it and say that allows you to sign a guy like TJ Edwards and provide a little bit more depth. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the path that they chose, and they believe that that group is better this year. And I think also – now, whenever you have Jair Alexander on your team, um, I'm going to pause, but I will say that Matt Eberfuss believes that mm-hmm. the Bears secondary is a young group um, on the come this season. When you look at a guy like Jalen Johnson trying to get paid – Eddie Jackson's probably the veteran of that group. And then you have Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, and hopefully Tyreek Stevenson. He does hope, I'm not saying right now, but I think he does think eventually that position group will be not just a strength of the team, but also a strength among other position groups when they play. Yeah, no doubt. Listen,
0: Jared Alexander's probably top two or three cornerback, you know, best at his position in the league. But we have so many, like we have eight first round draft picks on defense and we're looking around the fact that we can have this conversation, whether you're talking about the linebacker room, whether you're talking about it's kind of nuts to think about with so many first round picks, but I would agree in the the sentiment that if you're looking at the linebacker room, like I love Jack Sanborn, the way he played last year. I don't know how many times he's, yep. he's going to go on the field. If, they, if they're going to have to go to base defense, they're going to be a nickel the whole time. I love the way he played, even when he shows up in the, in preseason, the guy just makes plays constantly on the field. So I, I love that room for you. Quay Walker, for us, first round pick last year, obviously coming out of the Georgia program has a lot of development to do in terms of, being able to get off blocks and make tackles at the line of scrimmage, not eight yards downfield. Devontae uh, uh, Campbell had a great year two years ago. Had some injuries last year. Wasn't the same player, so can he regain his form? So I'm with you on the linebacker room for sure. I'm with you on the DB room. Like, it's a toss-up. Russell Douglas had that great year. He came yeah. back last year. He got paid. It's like, is he a guy that is – he's going to make some plays, but – it's always like the best players in the league don't get the ball thrown to them that much. So if you have a ton of picks or if you're having a ton of pass, there's a reason for that because guys are going after you because you have Alexander on the other side. We have nothing at That's safety. That's a great point. Yeah, you guys are looking at safety. Like Brisker and Eddie Jackson and seventh year out of Alabama, like those guys are one up-and-coming, one good. I, I know your nickel quarter, Kyle Gordon, is another up-and-coming. I like watching him play last year. We are, as Packers fans, as, as just somebody who likes to study the game, I don't know what we look like at safety. Like I like Ford, Darnell Savage is 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 he in a reclamation project right now with his career? How how we just don't know what that's going to look like. He certainly has the speed to play center field. We can bring Ford down to play and play in the box. Is that the kind of? I think the big thing here is when you look at the DBs and just that that structure. Your defense likes to play a lot of single high, a lot of man coverage. They're not afraid to make mistakes. Yep. Our guys still are. I don't think our players are afraid to make mistakes, but we're not utilizing the talent. So just for that reason alone, that might be one of the rooms where I go. They might have the advantage now. I, Joey, let me let me run a couple of these by you because I kind of wrote down a couple of rooms. I thought I don't know these might be arguments. I love your running back room. Mm. I absolutely. I love our running back room. I love your running back yeah. room too. I, I that's the that that's maybe an even Steven room for me. Uh, the linebacker room we talked about, the tight end room. Now you brought in some of our guys, but Mercedes Lewis to me, <laughs> two two of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, so Cole commits a great player. Um, Tunyon, we'll see what you get out of Tunyon. Honestly, uh, yes. I don't think it, I don't think Packers are you know I don't, that organization wasn't too upset about losing him. Mercedes Lewis is one of those guys. He's when you when I say he's a glue guy. He's a glue guy for for the entire building. And I don't know if he's shown up there yet as far as what he's brought to the the organization. I don't know if you can speak on that a little bit, but he just makes a huge difference being around.
1: Yeah, from what I understand, I mean, all of it is BTS behind the scenes like you're talking about. Um, You're not really going to hear him um, in the box score. Uh, I don't really think you're going to hear him even in training camp notes about making a lot of plays. I do think he might be able to catch a couple of touchdowns, just a couple of breakaways, right? Like at some Mm -hmm. point during the season. And we all get an opportunity. It would have to, to break that, away. It but...
0: would be, have to be a fall down. But yeah, I get you. I get what you're saying. I get
1: what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, Like he's just alone yeah. on, on the three yard line. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I just think what's really important and why they probably brought him into that room is, first of all, you know, when you're looking at an offensive line, it's still a makeshift unit that this Bears team is trying to put together and gel. Now they have some returning pieces, right, but they want those returning pieces to turn into foundation pieces. I'm talking about Braxton Jones at left tackle. Um, Obviously, Darnold Wright getting drafted at right tackle coming into this year. I still think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities where they're going to have to go with he- some heavy sets here just to try and mm-hmm. protect Justin Fields. I still think our offense is based around that running back room and that running game because then I think you just want everyone a half, half step slow when you break into play action and then Justin Fields gets a chance to do the magic that he wants to do. So having a guy like Mercedes Lewis in the room, I think it's going to be great on the field. And as you mentioned, though, more importantly in the locker room, Um, what the Chicago Bears saw last year was one of the worst offensive performances the first four weeks of the season. And then they had a six-week stretch where they averaged almost 30 points a game and then came back to earth. What that says to me is they need someone in that room that can keep a little bit of a base level, right? I think they need to build consistent habits. They need to build consistency within their offense. I think Mercedes Lewis is the kind of guy that can provide that. And hopefully just in the room, in the meetings, that's the kind of thing that's going to help them, um, you know, hopefully take it to the next level offensively this year. I,
0: I love Darn. I thought Darnell Wright was the best tackle prospect in the draft. I, I can't say enough good. I'm thrilled. I can't Lewis wait great. to see wh- how he plays. I think he's amazing. Mercedes Lewis is probably the best technical blocker on your team. Just I've I've watched enough film of the Bears. I'm just telling you, he's he's much better than anybody. Yeah. He's much better than Darnell Wright, Patrick Lucas. I mean, he's just better than those guys. Now he might not have the same effectiveness because he's you know 34 years old or whatever he is, and and you know 270 pounds. But I'm just saying they can learn so much just by the way he goes about his business. I think it's going to be a huge pickup. And then back to the wide receiver room, bringing in DJ Moore. That's a huge deal. I want to know what like what are Bears fans because we had a chance to get Chase Claypool. And I think the sentiment on this, on this, well, listen, on, on this particular podcast, we were like, yeah. nah, we're good. It's all, you guys go ahead yeah. and take him. All good. Now, what what has he shown? What What is the sentiment around the, the building with Chase Claypool? What are they expecting out of him? What's the deal?
1: Um, a funny fact, too, as well. Uh, so my wife is a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. News comes so down the timeline, and about. she goes, oh, she goes, okay. Yep. I was like, what? <laughs> no worries yeah, we'll uh, be fine um so look uh, it, it's 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 slowly been when you talk about um a, a narrative uh that's on a little bit of a linear path this is just a downward slope when we're talking about chase claypool i think the excitement when he got traded um was palpable um and i think it was it was deserved at the time now the price tag also kind of ratcheted up that anxiety of man this yeah. this better work right and when you finish out last season you kind of notice that they weren't able to get very deep in the playbook with him. And what they tried to do is just try and get the ball into his hands on a couple of plays. He didn't play a ton of snaps to finish off the year. So it was a real kind of unfinished product. I hear a lot of great news about him coming out of training camp, but look, I am expecting nothing from him. Um, Perfect. if you tell if you're telling me he can give us 70 plus receiving yards in maybe five games this year, which doesn't even sound like a lot. I think, Think that's a plus for the Chicago Bears offense because of what you mentioned in the former in the headline is that DJ Moore is now in Chicago and to this point, you know it, it's passing every single smell test. The chemistry test with him and Justin Fields is there. You're seeing it in training camp. You've already seen it in the preseason. Um, this guy, I think, has been you know kind of tucked away uh, among the NFL elite of wide receivers for the last couple of years Agreed. with some of the quarterback totally playing in Carolina. Yep. And the guy makes plays, right? I mean, this is – I mean, I want to hear how you feel about DJ Moore because I think he's an old-school football player. I think the dude can get separation and be physical at the line of scrimmage. I think he can catch the ball downfield. I think he has no problem going across the middle. Um, I think he has no problem getting yards after the catch. And this is the perfect prototype of a guy. When you say Justin Fields has a hard time reading the field or maybe his first read, he gets a little little gun-shy. I think D.J. Moore is going to clear some of that up for him and provide them a little bit more of that NFL window room that maybe Justin Fields was a little apprehensive to throw into. I, I want to get your take on D.J. Moore because I just love him as a football player.
0: Yeah, I like D.J. Moore too. I watched him in Carolina. I was Obviously, being a, a former Carolina Panther, I, I watched that team all the time. Listen, they obviously had some issues with the front office in the last couple of years, and it, it, it boiled over. I, I, I think Chicago should be thrilled to have him. There's two things that are going on there. One, he's a he's just a talented, confident guy that knows how to prepare to to be to play well. So he's gonna help that room. He's also gonna help Justin Fields, that communication. The other thing is you need to have if you have a young wide receiver or excuse me, young quarterback, you need to have a number a number one guy. Like yeah. Jordan Love needs Christian Watson to be a number one guy. You can't have, oh, we're just gonna we're gonna split this up against, you know, Dobbs is gonna get or Chase Claypool is gonna get 25. Economic St. Brown's gonna get 25. You can't have that. Hey, we need a guy that when, when things are going bad, and it might be a cold commit, when things are going bad, I need to know I can throw you the ball and you will make a play. That's, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, look at how much success he had turning someone into a number one guy. I mean, you look at all across the league, somebody becomes that number one wide receiver that you can always count on. Travis Kelsey's doing it with Patrick Mahomes down, with Tyreek Hill left. Like, it just, quarterbacks need that. It's a security. We were talking about the tight end being a security blanket. The security blanket is really the guy who can get open, right? And, and I mm-hmm. think, For this team, I I would be very excited about that acquisition. I think all the things he can do on the field, but also the things he's going to do for that quarterback off the field as far as how to prepare and just how to talk through plays and understand this is what we're seeing and this is how we're going to approach this. So I think that's a big deal. and That rolls into, you know, Joey, really we're talking about Justin Fields. This is what the Chicago Bears are now. This is the face of the franchise. What are the expectations going into this third season Um, Luke gets, he's now the second year uh, offensive coordinator coming out of Green Bay. We, you know, we're kind of familiar as Packers, what kind of odds he runs, but when I watch the fields, there's like, it's really interesting, especially in the preseason. There's, we won't get three step drops balls out. Right. And it's predetermined. There's a little bit of, there's some decision-making things you can kind of look at. And then there's, there's the five steps where it's like one, two, three, four, five. And if it's, and they're running deep, a lot of deep routes, a lot of crossers. And if it's not there, it's like, bye-bye. It's time to show yeah. the other reason that I got drafted so high. And I don't know how that all plays out as far as what they want to see from in the running game or how many how much how many times they want him to tuck and run, what the expectations are for numbers. But where do you think the Bears organization feel like he's at right now? Is he ready to take a division title away from the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers?
1: Is he ready? I think that he is. But let's just start with what I think expectations are for the Chicago Bears, and most specifically Justin Fields. I I think it's personally, I think it's twofold this season, unfortunately. I think last year it was a little bit less about wins, a little bit more about efficiency, a little bit more about consistency and performance. Um, We saw that at times from Justin Fields. And now I think both of them have to show up on the field this year for us to feel really confident, especially for a franchise that has two first-round picks next year and that Carolina first-round pick with some of these quarterbacks coming out in next year's draft obviously a conversation for another day, but it's in the back of our minds, right? So for Justin Fields, sta- are you
0: saying they would know, even consider, they would even consider that? Get, get, bring 100%
1: wow. 100%. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, it, Justin Fields, not Ryan Pohl's guy. Um, you know, I think that trade with Carolina, instead of taking that number one pick, look, I don't think they liked the quarterbacks that were coming out in this year's draft. I think they wanted to roll with Justin for one more year, but once you get to that fourth year, once you get to that fifth year, Then we're starting to talk about money. We're starting to talk about the uncertainty of a quarterback feeling like maybe he's on the fence. Are we going to buy in and sign this guy up? I mean, that's when the dollars start to really come into play. So I think this is truly a make or break year for Justin Fields. And I think, I don't think he's going to be bad. He has a possibility to be great. But I do think that that middle area, that gray area, is where all that conversation is going to start to come out and, and start to come into play a little bit. And I'm right there with you, you know, I love watching Justin Fields on the run. I think those unscripted, unpredictable plays, I don't think you can pop them into an AI machine, right? And we can't break those really down with advanced metrics. And I think that's what makes him special and really hard to kind of handicap in terms of his potential this year. But there's a shelf life on that. I mean, he could probably get away with that for what, maybe one more year? Um, of that, as you just mentioned, five-step plant that foot, not seeing it. You got that, that, that millisecond of hesitation. Boom. I got to run. I got to go, you know, try and do whatever I can. Um, I don't think that helps with his evaluation within the franchise either. So that's where winning games is going to come into play. I mean, if the Chicago bears win less than seven games this year, I think there's a problem. And usually when there's a problem, you're either going to look at the head coach or the quarterback. And I think they may look at the quarterback in this particular situation. Um, and, and look, I, I, am not big on, I know everyone's like, he's got to have over 65% completion percentage. Look, Cam Newton yeah, never, never did do that, that before, but yeah, I, he can't do that. I think that, right, I, I, right exactly. So uh, get that out of your mind. It, my thing is in terms of a metric of grading, whether he can be a franchise guy or not. Um, I, I kind of look at it more as a Cam Newton style personally, and I still think they need to be a run heavy unit. I mean, they led the NFL in rushing yards per game last year with Justin right. Fields. You just mentioned that running back room there's a way where you can have winning football, learn a lot about Justin Fields. He becomes your franchise quarterback and not have him throw the ball 35 times a game. I know that sounds antithetical to modern football, but I think that there's a way that you can figure that out. And, and it's just going to come down to that consistency. It's a long season and please just stay healthy. Don't give us five games of uh, little right. banged up, little hurt. We roll into the off season of like, well, we don't know until he plays a full slate of games. That's always a huge fear too, as well. So, I think it's make or break for Justin Fields this year. I really do.
0: You know, it's always interesting to see how the head coach or the coaching staff vibes with the general manager and the personnel department and how they evaluate or who where we place responsibility on developing this player. Is it the style of play? Is it the actual coaching of footwork and decision-making? Where does that all fall? And that's when you, when you say – I'm riding with Justin Fields. I'm firing the staff. I'm keeping the staff. I'm I'm letting go of Justin Fields. I'm looking for a new guy. Like, there's all – there's so much that goes on internally there because, like, quite frankly, we don't know. When when I watch – even when we watch the preseason, I know this isn't a a perfect example of what we're going to see during the season, but when you watch it, you're like, you know, a lot of these plays, you're kind of putting him in a situation that doesn't really play to his strengths. He's not on the move. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of shotgun with a a three-step shotgun, five-step shotgun. And you're thinking – you don't have a good offensive line, or at least, in my opinion, this is not a, a, a top half offensive line from oh, a pass protection agreed. standpoint. It, it, yeah. And you have this really, really good running game. You have these tight ends now where you can go into 12, 21 personnel. You have a bona fide fullback, and you you can do so much with those two personnel groupings, and you're not it doesn't feel like they're using them to full strength. Now we'll see what happens in the games. But getting a guy like this on the move, where he can make those decisions, get him out of the pocket and just, hey, if you have a, a winning football season, a nine and eight, a 10 and seven season, and Justin Fields is winning games using that style of ball, there is a shelf life to it, but you also have to develop. And it's like, you can't yeah. sometimes, what I, what I get really frustrated with in the National Football League is, we start going, well, this is year three, or this is year, and it's like, If you haven't been coached well, then you can just you can write off the first year or if you've been it it doesn't it's not a linear progression, especially based on are you changing offenses? Have you changed coordinators? Have you changed quarterback coaches? The stuff matters. And so like, I'm not rooting for the guy because I'm not a Bears fan. But, you know, just generally speaking, I like watching the guy play. And sometimes I think some of the stuff is out of their control a little bit. He certainly seems like a talent. I hope he has a terrible game on Sunday. But I think your real issue is, Joey, I think your real issue is. With running the offense that they've been running, the reason that we see the shotgun, where does Chicago get a stop against the run? You guys have the worst defensive line group I've ever. I, they're they're terrible.
1: Bar bar. They were. It was the worst defensive line I had ever seen in my life as a Bears fan last year. Um, I believe they only got twenty sacks. The leader in sacks was our safety Jaquan Brisker. Does that sound normal? And, well, and what Robert did he do? And was great. Uh, the,
0: and then it's like, where'd he go? I mean, you you, you, you trade, trade him you away. Trade, he's traded absolutely. him.
1: I know. He's, yeah. Yeah. No. Look. I mean, you know, uh, we're we're excited, and we you know, when you get a new general manager, you get a new coaching staff, a new philosophy. You know, when they start talking about we're going to build this the right way, and we're going to go draft by draft, and and you 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 have to give them some some leeway, and you have mm-hmm. to provide a little blind faith in that, right? And so I think so far Ryan Poles has done a lot of things that I've liked. The part that confuses me to this very day is that he keeps forgetting that there is a defensive line in football. And it just so happens to be one of the most important aspects of the game. We can talk all we want about wide receivers and running backs and, and ball hawking safeties. But when you get to a super bowl every year, what does it come down to can Patrick Mahomes versus someone's defensive line? It always goes back to the trenches. And for the second year in a row, Look, Ryan Poles, he drafted a couple of guys, you know, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, developmental Mm -hmm. projects in the middle rounds of these drafts. Um, You know, went out and signed N'Gakwe for a little bit of cash just to provide you a little bit of a baseline. But other than that, the dude is punted on the position once again this year. And when we talk about Justin Fields, what does it matter if Justin Fields is down by 8 to 10 points in the fourth quarter and they can't get off the field on a third and six because they can't stop the run how does that help his progression and we all know that when a quarterback plays differently when he's down a touchdown or two late in a game he starts making mistakes he starts trying to force the ball into areas that he doesn't want to I mean so look I I I think we think that it's going to be a little bit improved but when we say a little bit improved what are we going from 32 to 28 you know in the NFL What, what does that do it's a huge concern and again for you guys I think just to flip it over to your side, if we're talking about Jordan love and what kind of start does he get off to? I mean, you guys still have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones on that team, establishing that run and creating some looks for Jordan love to make some easy throws. I mean, it it is a step. It is an opportunity for Jordan love to get off on the right foot. I just think because this defensive line, I just don't think it has any teeth whatsoever. And I think it's going to be the backbone and Achilles heel of our team this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think you have some real problems. You talk about Jordan love and, and, we have started off two out of the three preseason games with twelve or twenty-one personnel. Just what we talked about, the Chicago Bears. I mean, we're we have these two young tight ends. They just drafted super, super talented. I mean, these Luke Musgrave looks like Musgrave. A, a so Musgrave, Corvette. you like it, yeah? Oh, he, yeah, he, he looks like a damn Corvette out there. Tucker Craft's going to be a good player. You know, we we've moved deguard is now playing fullback. We moved some guys around, but we are in a position. And we have our offensive line. Zach Tom's going to shore up that right tackle position. Bakhtiar is going to be healthy for the first time in a long time, but we'll hopefully see him for the entire season. And when I look at this game in particular, look, Andrew Billings kind of shows up every once in a while on tape, as far as being able to bull rush the center or bull rush a guard. He might, you know, Josh Myers, that matchup might be interesting to you. Yannick Ngakwe hasn't, has been on a downhill slope for the last three years. He's actually undersized. He doesn't like to play the, play the run. Like he's, if you guys are thinking about playing him for a three down a defensive end, you honestly you have real problems because he's it's just not that about that life. anymore. I just don't see you have a really good linebacker group that we talked about before, but it they're not that good. If our guards are getting up on him every play, Felton Jenkins is rocking up, John sure. Reynolds Jr. Is going to every play because they can't stop the double team. It's good. I think that part of the game is going to be super interesting, and eye opening. I think to a lot of. Maybe big people in the Bears organization—they know what's going to happen. But oh, we got this good rotation. We drafted these two guys second or third round. It's like second and third. Tommy Harris wasn't good. Tank Johnson wasn't good their first year. And Tommy Harris was really, really good later on. He wasn't that good as for. It takes a while. You better have some dogs in that room right now. I look at over here. We got Kenny Clark, Rashawn Garrett. We got some dudes. I don't know who you have over there, and that might be the difference in the game.
1: And look, we we struggled. And here's the thing that kind of blows my mind. And I'd love to get your perspective on this, because I'm just trying to figure out what what they think they're doing, because to me, it kind of smacks of that, that whiff of arrogance of, well, our scheme can cover up some of this. Stuff and we saw it last year. We brought in some guys that were rotational players, gave them bigger roles. It didn't work out because they couldn't handle the weight of that situation. We had gap discipline gap discipline issues, we couldn't set right. any edge whatsoever. I mean, Brian Dayball was literally running the same counter play over and over and over again because we couldn't set an edge last year. And, and and you're talking about that exactly, like it's it's all well and good when you're like, Oh wow, TJ Edwards had 13 tackles. Well, that usually means guys are getting to the second level. Um, and that means yeah. the guys are getting through so. Does this come back to? Is this come back to like Iberflus thinks that he can just take his scheme with lesser value of talent and just make it work? Because I, I'm just trying to look at this. This is the second year in a row when we did it. We've done this, and at the end of the year, when we're like, "Oh, if only our defensive line was better," I'm honestly going to start blaming the head coach for this one. I I, I don't really know what else I don't, to do and because I don't, I don't know if it's a talent issue. Yeah, I
0: don't disagree with you. Listen, as an offensive op- former offensive lineman, we used to go into games. And it was like, it was very simple. If they were good, they didn't need to sun around a lot because they could beat you one-on-one. And if they're not very good and they're moving around laterally, and we'll show that I'm going to show a little bit of this later on, but when the, when the bears guys get into these squared up stances and they're like, Hey, guess what? We're looping out right now. If, if you have any read, if you have any good coaching or you know how to watch tape and you see that, that is all you can eat Sunday specials, right? You're AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to be running all day through that because whenever you start moving laterally you're weak right you just become yes. weak you become a weak player if you turn your sh- if if you turn your shoulder pads to the sideline you become a weak player and teams are usually doing that for in large part sometimes they're trying to mix it up but when it becomes kind of a staple of your defense because you can't hold up against good offensive lines offensive lines that have good quarterbacks kind of telling them which where the, where the pressure is coming from it becomes very, very problematic. You can hold up for a little while, but especially in today's offensive and defensive systems where we see a lot of six in the box already or seven in the box already. Like you're not seeing eight, nine guys in the box anymore. When you're seeing a small box as is, and now they're moving around, you can you can average six, seven, eight yards of carry for an entire game just because they're not, they just don't have people in position to be successful. So I think it's gonna be an interesting game. Joey, last thing before we, we
1: let you go here. What's the final yeah. score? How am I not going to say Chicago Bears win week one? I got, so I got Bears 23-20. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when we say, oh, all right, well, we get over 20 points. That's nice. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more of – I think it's going to be a little choppy um, at times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's honestly – I think it's going to come down to the two running games, if you want to be honest with you. I know we're going to have all eyes on the quarterback with microscopes on both sides there. But I really think whoever can establish the run and control the clock a little bit in that area, control the field position a little bit. Um, I think the weather conditions are going to be fantastic, but I I do think it's going to come down to that. Of course, when we're talking about quarterback, whoever's going to limit their mistakes, um, that's going to be beneficial. But um, I'm really curious to see. I'm dying to see Jordan Love in action. Um, Hopefully this is a rivalry renewed. I hate the fact that we have to play the Packers week one, because honestly, as you know, as a Bears fan, this has been a dark, dark road for me for, I don't know, 30 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? So getting off the season um, on the right foot is going to be paramount here. I do think the Bears can win out this year. I do think um, on the lakefront, first game of the year, I think we'll be able to score some points. I do have them winning, and uh, but not by much. Well, I think the
0: spread's still it's one point, right? It's basically it's a coin flip game because you it's the a, Bears are at home. Yeah, so you totally. just kind of take
1: it away. I'm shocked I'm shocked. Uh, sh- you know, I'm shocked we're favored. I'm shocked we're favored.
0: Well, I mean, we don't know, uh, but you, you have quarterback questions on both sides of the football, and ours is actually probably worse than yours because they don't have very they have two games of information. So I mean, listen, I, I obviously yeah. think the Packers are gonna win this game, and I and I think I think it's gonna boil down to your defensive lines just not going to be able to get the job done. It's gonna really hurt your ability to yep. tackle in the secondary. Um, I think your secondary is going to have to take chances because of that. Now, if Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs aren't there, if Christian Watson not playing would be, that would be like a two point, three point swing for me. I think it's a big deal. It's like Travis Kelsey not playing for the Chiefs this weekend. If that happens, we just don't know what the outcome is going to look like because I think he's a big part of the offense. But yeah, right now, I just feel, you feel pretty good about the Packers' run game and what they're going to be able to do against that, that defense. But listen, Joey, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find your show? What, tell, us, tell us a little bit what, what you got going on.
1: Uh, yeah, man. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for having me back on, man. I love, I uh, love cutting it up with you. Um, hopefully we could do it again soon. And honestly, man, I learned something new from you every single time. So it's always a pleasure and an honor to be on with you. Uh, you can follow me at Joey sports guy. Uh, I do believe in bears with former bears, defensive end, Corey Wooten. Uh, we're covering the bears action all season long for the Believe sports network, which I am a team wonderful teammate here with Mike. Um, and then also uh, funny news. I'm also now working over at uh, beyond the big 10. You can follow me over at beyond the oh, big nice. 10. Um, I'm producing I'm producing all the college football shows for them this season. And I'm also hosting the Northwestern Wildcats show. Uh, so oh, come, God, we
0: could have talked for don't days watch the about games. Don't watch for the yeah. games. Come to the.
1: Yeah, come for the content. And um, uh, thank God. What a year to, to get start that job. What, of kind of, I,
0: what What a year to start that job, by the way. I mean, you want to talk about content. Big 10 Northwestern.
1: Oh, my good Lord. I got the gig. I got the gig right before fourth of July. And I was like, this is going to be fun. And within two yeah. <laughs> weeks, um yeah. the program itself is literally crumbling um before our very eyes. Uh, but I've been a Wildcats fan my whole life. So um if I'm if we're talking about the ground floor, uh I'm starting at the ground floor. Okay, um, so, so can we'll I ask see. you They one play UTEP this week. If to... they don't win, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, go okay.
0: For it. Are they gonna bring in coach Niamada is there any chance he gets the head coaching job?
1: I mean, so I that's, that's guy a Navy, really, yeah, that's yeah my guy. really interesting name. I literally was talking to Corey about a bunch of different names. I know we've seen the Ed Odrons out there. Um, you know, the David Shaw, I know Odron is just literally David the name, right? David Shaw is kind of interesting. Um, but I, I I think I think your candidate also could be really interesting too because we honestly we need someone that's going to come back in. And, and really get their heels in on, on recruiting. We don't need a big name, right? We don't need someone who's too flashy or anything like that. We don't need to spend millions of dollars. But with this transfer portal business, this is NFL free agency right here. I mean, it, the the scouting terrain in college football is forever changed with the transfer portal, and we need someone that will be able to come in there and, and not only recruit uh, guys that are coming out of high school, but also guys on great programs that need opportunities that can come in and, and rebuild the depth um, on the Wildcats roster. And, uh, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough game this weekend. Um, they're going to try and get through the season, but I, I, I seriously believe that they will have a new head coach next year. So I think that's a first. great call though.
0: Coach, coach Ken coming over. All right, Joey. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk to you next time.
1: My pleasure. Be well. Go bears. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, we're going to hit some tape real quick. I want to break down a couple of things that I saw on the uh, Chicago bears. So it's just preseason stuff. Okay. So here's the big thing. We talked about it. Bears like to play man-to-man. So as in a contrast, what we saw last year from the Packers, bears like to play man-to-man. They like to play single safety high. Okay. And that gives you opportunity. So you just start thinking about, okay, well, what does man-to-man mean? Especially with young guys, it means when you get in that, when you get that bunch formation up top, you got the tip of the spear on the line of scrimmage, He runs up, then you got two underneath routes. You're going to get a lot of these rub action. Plays where maybe the linebackers get crossed up like they do in this scenario, excuse me, the linebacker in corner. And now we got wide open runners. So I think this is where you can start to think about attacking. If they're going to play a lot of man, they could play single safety high. They play man and match defenses. Uh, 97 Billings coming over from Vegas. He does some good stuff. I mean, he's he's got a little bit of wiggle to him. I think he could give our, our guards a little bit of trouble. You look at Ngakwe over here. This is what I'm talking about. There's an awareness level when you just want to rush the passer. Yannick Gakwe had a great career in this in in, in this league, but the last couple of years, you know, he's become almost like a third down guy. And to ask him to be a, an every down player, I just don't know if he's there anymore. If he's interested in doing that anymore, but you just see it's all over tape. There's not a lot of um in. There's a different level of 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 like awareness and intensity when he's rushing the passer versus when he's not. Again, we talk about we're in man now without Christian watching Romeo Dobbs. So if you're in man, if you're a wide receiver, like Watson, you're licking your chops, right? Single safety, how are you feeling really good about this? But, you know, he's playing with Stefan Diggs right here and he can get open, right? Some guys can't. And this is the question that we're going to are we're going to find this with Dobbs, with Reed, with with Musgrave, with, with Tucker Craft. Who's going to be healthy? Are we just going to are we going to focus on the linebacker matchup with the, the running back Aj Dillon or, or preferably Aaron Jones out of the backfield? But you see, plays are there to be made, as they are in this case. But you have to win, and so that the the linebacker, the free linebacker doubles the inside slot, middle slide gets open on the on the quick seam, easy first down play. Okay, this is what I was talking about, and we just talked about with Joey. Stances are squared up. He's talking about Ibrahus's defense, what their philosophy is, why they move ram because they don't have a very good defensive line. When you have guys that are willing to move laterally instead of attacking their gaps, when I say willing, they're being told to. It's part of their scheme, okay? So they're going to bring, in this case, a four-week look. So they're going to bring guys off the edge to on, on, on the right side of the screen. They're going to loop these guys over. If they get caught, the right guard catches – that nose tackle. And look at the lane that opens up here. I mean, you and I could get through this, right? This is a, this is a bus lane. Easy. Jack Sanborn makes the play, but this is just opportunities everywhere when you have these kind of plays. All right. This is the other thing. Schematically you're putting yourself in a difficult situation. If you're running kind of a wide three technique, almost lined up as a four eye over the tackle and you have a backside B. So you just look at this box. This is a six a six man box. You have 37 potentially dropping down here. But you have a six man box, five blockers and you really have an RPO look with Josh Allen. And now you're thinking to yourself, you got a left guard push, left guard center push to Sanborn, and then you have a right guard right tackle B block up to 53, TJ Edwards, who's a great player, but listen. If a guard is running at a linebacker, almost free like using in this case right guard does a good job of just being the bumper here against a wide three technique right tackle is able to block him and now we have another huge lane these lanes this is too easy to block and if this is what they plan on doing either by moving around or not committing enough guys to the box they're going to have a real hard time stopping the Packers offensive line and running backs to run the question always becomes is is Matt LaFleur comfortable running the ball 37 times if that's what it takes to win with uh, Jordan Love as the new quarterback, taking out his new Corvette, you know, taking it out of the garage for the first time, seeing what happens. Now 38, we talked about this because, well, I'll I'll bring it down a little bit more. So uh, the Packers do a lot of wide receiver inserts. So we've seen Jalen Reed try to take over for the Alan Lazard blocking guy in the preseason. It's been a little bit up and down for, for our man from Michigan State. Now, you see 38 here as the safety. He's going to challenge 11, do a really good job of sticking in here. Sanborn makes a good play as well. But this is something that if the Packers want to run these plays where they have the wide receiver insert, know that these safeties, the guys that they have, not just their second teamers, but really when you talk about Jaquan Brisker and A.J. Jackson, these guys are physical players. This is a good secondary that the Chicago Bears has. You see a great job just taking the hit to the wide receiver and just leaning and falling through on this play. It's a good job. That's good defense. And I think the Bears are going to have to do that. Be really physical at the safety position to get involved in the running game. Freed up a little bit. Great play backside. You know, this is just the kind of stuff that happens. But if you if you aren't able to close the deal like we just talked about with with Joey, the Chicago Bears have you know, 20 sacks last year, some ridiculous number last year. And that means even when they're in positions like this, I know this is Josh Allen. Jordan Love's got good wheels on him, though, and he's able to break contain. We saw it last week. If you can't close the deal at the defensive tackle, defensive end spot, and I'm talking about being able to get the sack, now you open yourself up to that scramble, Joe. And listen, a lot of quarterbacks in the league can make this play. Packers got to be looking at this stuff like there are opportunities inside and outside of the pocket. Now we look at. I was just, you know, Andrew Billings did a good job. He, he's got a couple of good bull rush moves. I think he goes inside and bulls the center here. I mean, this is just walks the dude back. Same play here, and that's what the problem is. So the guy's got a little lead in his pencil. Josh Myers will have his hands full. On the other hand, you see him try to get double teamed right here, and he just gets absolutely whaplopped. I mean, just absolutely turned sideways, going the wrong direction down there on the goal line. And again, if we just go back, and so why is this happening? Well. He's going from he's going from the A-gap, and he's looping outside, right, trying to make that move. When you go laterally, you get weak. The Packers have to be looking at this from an offensive line run game standpoint. Like, there are so many opportunities to be successful in this game because those defensive tackles, because they can't hold up man-on-man, man, they're going to move around. And when they move around, if we catch them, we catch them with a foot in the air, it should be big-time double-team up to the linebacker. Those linebackers, I don't care how much you paid for them. They cannot take on guards and tackles one-on-one. So first drive touchdown for the bills. We go over to the Bears side. I had to put a couple things in here. First of all, want to pay homage to our guy, Mercedes Lewis. He doesn't do a great job here. I, I think, but we just love the fact that he's over there. And I know there's a lot of stuff, even though he's a bears guy, phenomenal human being, phenomenal football player, phenomenal locker room guy. They started on 12 personnel. I think you should see a lot of 12 here. Now, They're going to run uh, middle zone to the left side here. And you see what the the Buffalo Bills do. They bring this defensive end down to the B gap. And they're basically saying, look, we have every gap covered. We have uh, C gap, B gap, linebacker Matt Milano's got a gap. We got backside A, backside B. And then we've got the replacement for uh, Tremaine Edwards Edmonds back on the backside C gap. So they have no gaps they can run to easy job. Winning a 1v1 battle against what I think is a substandard offensive line, except for maybe that new right tackle, I think is a substandard offensive line. We should be able to win win 1v1 matchups, especially with Kenny Clark and TJ Slayton and make tackles in the backfield. Now, this is what I was talking about with the development of Justin Fields. You've got this three-step game, okay? So if you watch this three-step game here, ball should be gone now. Ball should be in the air, right? Because it's already predetermined. I've already decided I'm going to throw to the curl. I saw the look. I know the defense. I'm thrown to the curl. Ball's gone. Ball isn't gone. You got two-man breaking on it. Incomplete pass. A little bit of a timing thing. Not a big deal, but it's something that you might see another quarterback make in the National Football League. We've got empty looks. We've got five Robert receivers out in the, in the play. going deep, and you just don't see a lot of people open in this three-step look. So the question is, can DJ Moore and company give him a reason to throw somebody open on these three-step looks? If not, you're all of a sudden in a different position. It's not a five-step drop. The pocket's different. Everything happens a little faster when you're three-step. You're not as far back, so you don't have as much time to maneuver and much room to maneuver. Things happen. So if you're going to get in that three-step game, you better find some either rhythm passes on the outside – or some quick hookups that you can take care of immediately. What I think we're going to be able to dominate our defensive and outside linebackers have done really well so far in this preseason. And this is Mercedes Lewis. He gets beat up by Rousseau here. But what you're seeing, I think, overall is the physicality at that defensive end position that we have with Preston Smith. I don't know if Rashawn going will be able to make it back, but, uh, and Igbari, we've had. Van Ness is going to be in there playing super physical. I know. I don't know what his pass rush is going to look like, but I do know that against tight ends, he should win that matchup every time. We talked about it two weeks ago. And this is just stuff where we should really excel. You see the safety coming in and taking care of the guard. Just not a really physical offensive line, despite the run game. The run game is more of a function if they have Justin Fields. They have some really good running backs. Now we get back in this situation, and you're talking about anticipation. You get your five-step drop. And you basically have three options here. You're in, you're in a you're in a a, a too high shell. Am I going to be able to throw to one of the circles? Are gonna? Am I going to hit the guy down the seam? Okay. Right now, the decision needs to be made. The ball needs to be gone, and the Packers are going to have the opportunity for because this guy holds the ball a little bit longer to win on secondary efforts in the in the in the pass rush game. Now he starts moving around, and this is where everything gets interesting, exciting. You know, fill in the blank. For the Chicago Bears fans, but also he's not pushing the ball down the field. So you take every once in a while if he gets a three-yard, five-yard gain, it's like you missed the big play. Back again. You see him running, and look, does he have? Does he have the smash route at the bottom? Here on the twenty-yard line, yeah, he does. He he's got him open, but there's not a lot. Else going on in this route, he makes the right decision. And this is where if these receivers turn into blockers, I mean, you can see him running for a long time here. And this is what we have to be aware of. Are you going to spy him with a linebacker? Do you put Quay on him and just say, listen, Quay, he can't go anywhere. We're willing to play with one less man in the secondary. We can just play nickel all game and just run Quay as a spy. Do you spy with the defensive tackle? I always think that's a bad, a bad idea with a really athletic quarterback, but some people do that. And now we talk about the play action looks. I think this is where the Packers, the Bears, should really think about making their hay. Even out of shotgun, you prefer the center center, but even out uh, uh, of shotgun, when you're moving that split flow, tied in backside, you show it. And now you've got the 15-yard in the middle, DJ Moore, wide open. And then we just talked about DJ Moore after the catch. This guy's a really good wide receiver. Um he's gonna do he's gonna do wonders, I think, for Justin Fields, his presence, his availability. The run game they brought over, so as as we already know, they, they have um they have Khalil Herbert, but they also brought Dante Foreman over from Carolina. He's a good running back. Uh he's he's had a number of good games for the Panthers. You see, they're they're running like a uh like a kick play, except at Cole Komet is going to crash this whole thing down, but now 18 is actually just going to block out because he has inside leverage already on that safety. And so usually we're, when we talk about the kick play, you push everything to the left, we bounce out to the right, and we're just saying that that safety or that corner can't make a, a, a really clean hit on your running back. The Bears are going to use this and just say, we're going to book everybody outside of 32, and we're going to kick 32 out. Because Cole Komet's going to step inside like he's cutting off. And all of a sudden, Dante Foreman can just hit that crease and go. This is a good play for them. We'll see this play on sad, on Sunday. Another shotgun. A lot of stuff out of shotgun. And this is a design quarterback draw. And this is the other thing that you, you start thinking about. You have a defender on the line of scrimmage this play really doesn't make sense that, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't call this playoff. There should be a, there should be an option B we should be doing something else. If I'm the Chicago bears is Justin Fields in a position now. And it's in his third season to take more command of the offense at the line of scrimmage, because no matter how athletic you are, if you've got a safety up at the line of scrimmage, you're probably not going to make plays. You've got a great, I think this is going to be a big part of both teams, the screen game, Khalil Herbert is a great screen runner. Dante Foreman's good. And we already know, you know, if we're talking about Packers, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones in particular, really, really good screen guys. It allows the offensive line to use their athleticism. I know that sounds funny, but it's true. It allows them to get onto space. It allows them to not have to pass protect for another rep. Okay. It allows the the defensive line to get tired and to get out of the game or to take a play off the next play. But it allows us to get on the small guys. And good things happen when big guys get on small guys. You see, they get a first down here. This is what the Packers have to anticipate. You should think with our pass rush and the amount of, of times we should, you know, our defensive line, the amount of time they're spending in the backfield, one would think that they're going to get a fair amount of action from the uh from the screen game. So listen, long story short, I think this game's gonna be probably a close game. I think we're going to see some some stuff out of the uh, uh, the Chicago Bears, but I think the Packers win it. I think they win it by uh, you know I, they win it by a touchdown. Uh, is it is it you know twenty five eighteen? Is it is it twenty seven twenty? I don't know, but I, I think they probably win it by a touchdown. I got some listener questions. Um, three best areas in your opinion the young Packers offense can attack the Bears defensive line, defensive line, defensive line. I think when you beat the defensive line. If I think we're going to give those, I think the linebacker group is the best group they have. I think it's going to cause problems for them. Are they going to make some plays? I think those Jack are like a, uh, uh he was like a, a guided missile last year against us. He played really, really well. I think the other real way, way you, the offense can exploit their defense is off of the play action, off of the running game, getting those safeties to suck down, putting their, their corners and, and their nickels in, uh, in man situations and then beating them, especially if Christian Watson and Romeo dogs are healthy. Uh, the other w- obvious way is like, you know, if Luke Musgrave gets an opportunity to get into the scene versus anybody they, they got, he just, you nobody know, but they don't have the size to deal with him. They don't have the speed of the linebacker position. They don't have the size of the safety position. I think that's a huge, a huge advantage for the green Bay Packers. Um, another question. Do you have issue with the Chicago's playing surface? I absolutely love Chicago's playing service. The thick grass that they used to have. I don't know if they still have, it. I think the last time I was there for four years ago, it's a thicker grass. Listen, offensive linemen love big grass. They love wet days because defensive linemen are slower. And when they're slower, I don't like when you're slow, you don't get slower, right? Because you're going backwards half the time anyways. So anytime you can slow down the other team as an offensive lineman, you feel pretty good about yourself. I hate turf. I hate short grass, love long grass, love Chicago. The other thing is the other one question before we go, uh, it's centered around our offensive line. Now, whether they're ranked eighth, tenth, third, whatever, I, it, you know, PFF, a lot of people look at PFF and they go, oh, they're ranked they're this good. PFF doesn't really understand, in my opinion, PFF is not a good measurement of how good an offensive line is. They're giving you an outcome. They don't really know the, the context of most of the plays. Having said that, if Zach Tom becomes the right tackle that I think he can become, he looks bigger. His hands are great. He's got technical work to do, but I think he's going to fare very well. Um, Listen, Chicago Bears got rid of Gibson. He was their best pass rusher. They got rid of him. This, we didn't even talk about it on, on the rest of the show, but they got rid of their best pass rusher already in the preseason. They just cut him. Summarily. He was a starter last year. He's a good player for the for them for the last couple of years. Uh, I think they're going to do well this game. Back Jerry being in there, Elgin Jenkins. I'm sure we'll have a good game. I think Myers. That Myers uh, uh, matchup uh, against number ninety seven. Uh, Andrew Billings I think that's an interesting matchup because you just see that guy that guy penetrating and pushing some some centers and guards back during the preseason Justin Jones uh, I don't think these guys are world beaters quite frankly and if you know the big thing can John Runyon jr uh handle his matchup and then get to the second level uh against Sanborn against CJ Edwards against uh, Edmonds and then our tight ends, are they able to hold up against what I would say kind of run-of-the-mill defensive ends? I, if the answer is yes, I think we're going to have a lot of success, no question about it. What do they need to do to kind of rise up the rankings? Well, one thing that happens a lot with offensive lines and how they get ranked is what kind of your offense you're running. If you're running – listen, the Houston Texans, when all of those guys are healthy, they've got uh, the, the, the best – our top two left tackle in the league – they got a top three right tackle in the league. They've got Shaq Mason at right guard. They have a first-round draft pick at left guard. And they got Juice Scruggs, who's going to be a rookie at center, who's going to be amazing. They're not on the top of anyone's offensive line list. Why? Well, because for the last five years, they've been in five different offenses. Sometimes they throw the ball 60 times a game, right? They're their stud running back last year, rookie, got hurt. So they've thrown the ball more. They have Davis Mills getting, you know running all over the place so that could be a really good line in another offense with other skill positions around but it hasn't been rated as high because of that my point is a lot of this stuff is based on what you're running when they're calling it who they're calling it for you know do you have a Devonte adams on your team do you have a do you have a, a, a lamar jackson on your team the baltimore ravens offense if you have them drop back are they as good as they would be if you are running? What is the most offensive line-friendly system in the league? No, absolutely not. We'll see it this year. They're still going to be good, but are they going to be as good? I doubt it. Okay, so all of that stuff, you just got to get better at doing, like winning your 1v1 matchup. We talk about all this other stuff. If your guy wins his 1v1, you're going to have a good line. If you don't, then it's just up to kind of circumstance. Did They call the right play in the right situation. So the last thing I got for you guys, we talked about the Packers. I want to break down a couple bets, a couple odds, uh, just running through these. I think good game, Falcons, Panthers. Uh, Falcons at home by three and a half. I'm going to take the Panthers because I'm a Panthers fan this year. Uh, Colts will stay in uh, stay in the AFC South here with the, with the Texans playing, excuse me, uh, the Jaguars playing the Colts. Jaguars are favorite, even the Colts are at home. It's by four and a half. I would take that bet. i take the Jaguars. Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Minnesota by five and a half. Take that. Tennessee Titans New Orleans Saints Saints by 3 I would take the uh I would take the over of 41 and I would take the Saints by more than 3 Niners Steelers should be a good game. Steelers at home down by 2 to the Niners. That's a coin flip game. I'm going to take the Steelers in that one. I think Kenny Pickett's got I think that's going to carry over. Uh what are some other interesting games? Dolphins Chargers should be a barn burner. I think the over is 51 and a half. It's a lot of points, but I think they can score it. Yeah. And then the, the Philadelphia Eagles-Patriots game, I think is actually going to be pretty close. I think it's a four-point game. Patriots are, are at home. Interesting stuff. This is going to be a good season. I can't wait for this stuff to start, man. Travis Kelsey being hurt and uh, going into this game. Chris Jones not playing. It's probably a bigger picture, really, or bigger issue. But that's going to be a, a real fun one to watch. I think right now they have that one at four and a half or five points. Uh, I'm still taking Kansas City. I just think they're the better team. Detroit's going to be interesting this year. It'll be interesting. Dan Campbell could have that guy, that team ready to come out and just they could drop 40 on these guys. We've seen it before. The over-under is 52. I would definitely take the over in that game. But uh, listen, if you're enjoying these shows, may, uh, special thanks to uh, uh, Joey Christopoulos coming on, Joey Sports Guy. If you're enjoying these shows, subscribe and review on our show, uh, Process to Perform channel on YouTube. You can hit me up, Michael68, on Twitter, Process to Perform on uh, on the old Instagram. Thanks for watching, guys. It'll be an interesting game. We'll get back on Monday with a recap. And uh, until then, go Pack Go. Thank you
1: for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.